Welcome back to another episode of the Multitasker Podcast, the lifestyle podcast for people trying to excel in their career, maintain a social life, eat right, exercise, text everyone back, stay sane, and be happy. Today, we have Kenyatta Young in the building. Kenyatta Young is a purpose coach, speaker, and accomplished global human resources executive with over 16 years of experience working for Fortune 100 companies such as PepsiCo, Nestle, J.P. Morgan Chase, Bank of America, and most recently, Meta, aka Facebook. She is a strategic HR executive with specific experience in organization development effectiveness, performance management, talent management, compensation, change management, employee relations, and diversity, equity, and inclusion. It was only then, after completing her lifelong career goal, that she realized there had to be more to life. Now she lives to thrive. Kenyatta spends every day helping other professionals understand that there is more to life than doing a job for a mere paycheck. Her passion for purpose comes through in every facet of life, but especially in career coaching. For this reason, she has created a company called Pencil Skirt Project to help professionals empower themselves by giving them step-by-step advice on how to become confident, negotiate the life they want, and live out their purpose each and every day. She dives deeper into such teaching in her new book, Light It Up Sis, Seven Secrets for Dominating the Workplace While Living Out Your Purpose as Well. Currently, Kenyatta serves on the Board for Skills of Chicagoland Future and is a member of the Jack and Jill of America Foundation Incorporated. She is a mother of two children and based in Chicago's Bronzeville community. Y'all, we got a powerhouse in the building. Kenyatta, welcome to the Multitasker Podcast. How are you? I am better than good. Yay! I'm so glad to hear that. I can't wait to dive into this conversation today. We're talking about embracing failures. We're we're conquering fear. We're celebrating wins. Like This is about to be a lot for the people, and I love it so much. Yay! (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) All right, Kenyatta, so we have this segment called 10 Years Ago Today, where we go to Facebook and share a memory of whatever was going on with us 10 years ago. Um, so I'd love to hear yours. We, we always love to start the guests off with that one um, to break the ice. So please share with us where you were 10 years ago. Oh, my goodness. This is so fun. I I was curious when I looked on Facebook to even see if I had pictures um, going all the way back then. But I did. And one particular picture that I had was me and a friend at my good friend's book launch celebration in ATL. And it was her first time writing her book. And fast forward 10 years later, she actually owns her own um, book publishing company. And she happened to have been now my book coach to help me write my book. (laughs) I know that I just recently launched my book launch party in last month and which she was there emceeing for me. So it was just, I feel like God is good. And when you say like, what's the memories? And I'm like, whoa, that feels like it was just yesterday, but it was literally 10 years ago. And it was just epic and how, you can be in the midst of someone else's dream and fulfillment and then seeing how in reverse they're kind of almost planting that seed in you and then fast forward 10 years later you're doing the same thing and now they're there celebrating with you so that was uh, my memory 
I love that. I love that I so much. <laughs> it was like so perfectly. <laughs> I'm saying this is the, the topic perfectly celebrating the wins. Oh my gosh. So first of all, congratulations to your friend. What's your friend's name? Her name is Jasmine, Dr. Jasmine Zapata. Yes. Well, mm -hmm. congratulations to Dr. Jasmine Zapata. And congratulations to you on your new book. We are definitely going to talk about that today. Yes. Yes. Um, light it up, sis. Yes, yes. Yes. L-I-T-E. L-I-T-E, yes, yes. <laughs> and for those it. who may not know, when you hear the L-I-T-E, we'll talk more about it. But there is a, a meaning behind it. So it's lead, I um, inspire, transform, and embrace. So we'll talk more about what those um, letters mean. But there is a meaning behind the light it up. Yes. Um you can actually, I mean, actually, if you want to, if you want to go into it, we can. Oh, okay. Perfect. So, um, light it up, sis. And it, the, the subtitle is the seven secrets for dominating the workplace while living out your purpose. And the purpose of the book is to really help uplift, inspire individuals, mainly, um, the focus is on girls and women on how to really, um, center on their inner selves as they embark on any career. Um, path that they're on. And so that is mainly focusing on how to build your confidence, um, understanding this equity and confidence, um, how to overcome your fear, which we'll talk about around the failure factor, um, being able to identify internal and external distractions, which are all um, tempted up against. And then also just being able to understand self-love and how to really give yourself grace. I feel like many times of me growing up um, uh, from the south side of Chicago <laughs> and not necessarily having a lot of role models and now navigating to what people will say C-suite executive status, there was a moment of journey that I had to go through. And I feel like a lot of times we as women, Black women, we don't have real talk. So this book is really pulling back the layers of doing inner inspection, but also having real talk to one another on things that we just need to figure out and get through, but also giving real tools and how to do that. So that's what the book is about. Yes, I love that so much. And just <laughs> thinking about the I and like inspire, mm -hmm. I feel like when we're wanting to inspire other people or even just like doing it not even like necessarily setting out to inspire but it's like a byproduct of the things that we're doing one of the best ways to do that is by like sharing what we've done and sharing our wins and celebrating publicly out loud but it's also something that's so hard I don't know if like if I'm the only person but I do a lot I like I've accomplished a lot of things and sometimes I feel like Oh, I'm just going to like celebrate this one by myself or like not share everything. And there's different emotions that go with it. Like sometimes I feel like, is this, is it bragging? Are people overwhelmed at this yeah. point by all of the things? And then sometimes it doesn't feel like a big deal to me. So how do you navigate through that? Or like, do you have those feelings? Like, I need you to tell me I'm not by myself right now. <laughs> I was not in my head for those who probably <laughs> listen. I'm like, yes, yes, like a bobblehead. No, you are not alone, number one. Um, I, I haven't perfected it and I don't, I haven't known anyone who has. So when we, if you find that person, definitely make sure you spotlight them on your podcast so we can hear them. Okay. I think the part for me is that, um, being okay with the journey, right. And understanding what a win means. 
Mm-hmm. I think sometimes we, at least for me, when I hear win, it needs to be big. It yeah. needs to be it needs to be grand. It needs to be worthy to share. And people need to be able to acknowledge it, to be like, oh, that's a win. Mm-hmm. What I've realized is that I had to do some internal inspection on what I felt was a win. So then regardless if someone celebrated with me or regardless if I shared it, then I'm okay to say you did a good job and that's a win. Small, big or medium. So, yes, of course, I feel you like I was not going to have a launch party for my for my launch celebration for my book, because to your point. I didn't want to come across bragging or I didn't want people to seem like, oh, she thinks she's all that. Or, you know, I didn't necessarily want the attention. Sometimes it's like, yes, my book is called Lighted Up Sis. And my purpose is to shine the light on others. But it's something different when the light is shine, shine on you. And then it's like all that attention. And so for me, it's not something that I, I had to realize what God told me to do. It's like what I gave you is not for you. Your win is not to be hidden, right? Your win is supposed to be shared so then it can unleash the potential in somebody else. So I had to be more selfless and not selfish, right? So that helps me every day. Like I have so many wins and I'm like, okay, I'm going to share it when I feel led to, but also I'm not going to put myself as a barrier because certain things happen for a reason. So that's kind of the way I, I tend to, to balance it. And I write it down because sometimes we get caught up in what we're not doing good at yep. and what may not be happening for us. And like, I have my short list. I, I like, I'm a visual person. So I have my short list here. Yes. <laughs> on my hot pink paper. <laughs> and my hot pink paper to remind me and my sticky notes. If you would, I don't want to show my camera all around, but I have sticky notes all around. Mm-hmm to remind me of that because sometimes we do underestimate the value of our wins and seeing it gives us a sense of encouragement to continue to, to accomplish more wins. A hundred percent agreed. I even saw my clients, like when I'm coaching, one of the best ways to get over imposter syndrome is to have a list. Like I call it keeping receipts. So for yourself, you can always go back and say, this is what I did. And then in that, in the midst of that imposter syndrome, say, this is why I'm qualified in case Mm. you forgot, because sometimes we do forget all of the things that brought us to the point that we are at now. And by being able to see it tangibly and even in our own handwriting is so powerful, but to Mm. be able to see those things, you say like, no, like this is this, this imposter syndrome is not real. This thought is not real. Like I have done the work. I belong here. I am qualified to be here. So I, love, I write it down too. I definitely, that's, that's a practice of mine as well. And not even writing it down, like I, I tend to say, tell myself like, okay, um, I'm okay with celebrating it. Like mm-hmm. I am a, I'm a true believer in two things. One is it's, it's there are certain wins that is meant for you and yourself mm-hmm. and I, but there are certain wins that's meant for everyone else. Right. So being able to differentiate those two, and to being able to be celebrated and not tolerated, there's a difference. Yes. So I, I really believe in identifying that I, when we talk about I, for me is inspire, but also identify. Mm-hmm. So identify what the meaning of a win to you is and whether if it's okay for other people to celebrate with you or not, right? Because you have to understand who are you winning for, right? So are you winning for thyself or are you winning for others' validation? So that's one of the key things that I realized, like when I'm writing my things down or whether I'm sharing it, 
I'm not sharing it for the validation of others. I'm doing it because I know it's an aspiring to other people that they can do it too. So making sure you understand that difference so it doesn't turn into an ego, it, in, it doesn't turn into you thinking you all that, there is a, some humility behind the wins as well. So I just wanted yeah. to say that. How does this happen? I don't know if we know, yeah. we completely know the answer. Like why we can't share wins. Um, I personally is not something that's um, embraced, at least for me in the black community, we not taught to celebrate our wins. In my background, we're selling, we are taught to work and um, just put our head down and work. Like that's it. Like do what you need to do to provide for your family. No one has a time to celebrate those things. Like, because it's part of life to work hard, and that's it. So I haven't, I have not, like for me growing up getting all A's was like, once I kind of kept getting it, was like, that's what you always get. You know what I mean? It's an expectation now. So it's like, not anyone told me I needed to get it. They wanted me to get a good education, but the good grades didn't come part of like the education that comes part of the work that I had to do. But it was like, you always get that great you know so it was like the expectations of what people saw i mean obviously it was some, nothing that was um at least for me nothing that was uncommon because that was what i did it wasn't something that was seen or it wasn't seen as something extraordinary um and so i had to find my own ways of even realizing like those were wins i had to re-identify what were wins because for so long I, get, I went on life not knowing they were because it wasn't something that people were around me celebrating. And two, I got into different spaces of people recognizing and I'm like, whoa, that was amazing. I'm like, what, girl? I just wrote a book. Goodness, there's other authors. You know, it's a whole library of them. Mm -hmm. But then you get around other people who are just like, no, that that's a big deal. And you're like, really? You know, so even for me, I have to shake myself up because that childhood trauma kicks in because I am... I'm I'm the ordinary I'm out of the ordinary for my family. So even what I'm doing is like beyond their imagination. So even I've been doing it for so long. So it's like that's just Kenyatta. You know what I mean? Like they call me Kiki, but that's just Kiki. She's just doing her thing, and it's not even seen as something extreme and out of the ordinary to celebrate. So I think it's just something I've realized in the black community is not something that people stop and recognize so dang and you know what like hearing you say that i completely identify with that like yeah it is the standard i don't know why and we talk about it like i think with in the world we talk about how like black people have to work harder and do double the work and all of these things but mm -hmm. even in those conversations you don't hear any mention of like celebration mm -hmm. it's just like do it, do it, do it. Do you it, get that it. one celebration when it's like, oh, th this is what we want you to do. You do it. Oh, great. Celebrate there because we know it's possible. But now because we know it's possible, mm -hmm. this is the standard. So yep. anything below the standard is just you get reprimanded for. But anything above the standard or at standard, mm -hmm. there's no longer a celebration. Dang. Pause there, though. When was the standard ever communicated? When I don't even know where the line is. You see what I'm saying? Like, I don't even yeah. know where the line of expectation is, whether I'm going above or below. Like, there's no no thermometer to take the temperature. 
right? Or if I'm getting hot or cold or am I warm? So give, I'll give you an example because I'm not too far from it. I'm still, I have residue, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm like still trying to get through it. And I was, I honestly, um, I know you're recording and hopefully you put this in. Oh, Transparent yeah. moment was I've been praying. Like I literally have a whole journal. I have this gold, my golden journal with thoughts. <laughs> it says thoughts. <laughs> There's some golden thoughts in here. And I was praying for the last six months on how to celebrate my wins. Hmm. And internally, like I, I'm obviously my therapist, you know, and I, I didn't understand that I was having an issue with it. And I pressed, I pressed and pushed through it. And then you sent me this podcast. I'm like, Lord, like I just <laughs> to get through this and you keep messing with me. So, and I'm like, how am I talk about this? And I'm still trying to figure it out. And um, so he has a, a, a very comical way of showing me these things. And I, then I'm on the right track. But I was talking to one of my mentors like, hey, I haven't come down from the high from my book launch. I haven't even shared my my reels. I have wonderful footages. I have wonderful pictures. I haven't shared it yet because I'm like still so overwhelmed that it happened. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, who said you had to come down from the high? Mm. Like, that's what you need to stay. Yeah. To stay up there. Don't come down. Because they're going to eat you alive. Wow. <laughs> Ain't nothing down here for you to settle on. But the ground. That's where you want to be. Mm. And I said, huh? In that moment, it made so much more sense. Like, it. Why do I have to calm myself down from a sense of excitement? Right. You know, so it was just, it's just those things that, you know, at least in my environment, that's why I really believe in that internal assessment, why you do the certain things you do. Because when you go out into the world, there's not everyone is going to give you a hug. Not everyone's going to say you did a wonderful job. Clap it up. Got balloons, rose petals when you come out the door. (laughs) Not everybody's going to do that. So as long as you stay centered. And then pray, like for me, I have been very intentional in saying, put me around other people who are living beyond my imagination. Mm-hmm. Put me around people who are been able to understand what a win looks like. So then when I hear it, I can identify it. So then I don't miss that opportunity because I have kids that's looking up to me. So I don't want them to think there's an element of perfection that they got to achieve to a point that they're like, Finally, my mama is saying she's happy, right? So I am becoming more intentional with the, even the smallest things because I don't want to redefine what a win is for my next generation. So they don't have to look for the standard. It's not it's not confused. You know what I mean? So when my daughter comes home, if it's a B or all A's, we're going to celebrate you. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you come home with the the not so good grade, okay, that's okay. What we gonna? Did you try? Yeah, okay, we are gonna celebrate you. <laughs> yes. You try, you try. You know, so there is this element of you make it clear. So I'm really in the midst of defining that for my family because it, it we I, my family didn't do such a great job. Yeah, yeah. For me, that I'm waiting for that moment when everybody's like. Yay, but I don't get it. So yep. 
I, I definitely um, agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more. I don't know how I got on that tangent. But. No, I love. I mean, and we've talked about <laughs> on other episodes, we've talked about the importance of support, whether it's coming yes. from family, friends, internet people, whomever. So yes. one of the things that you just said that I do definitely want to p- pull out is if you're not celebrating yourself and you're not around people who are celebrating you, then you need to find out who got the celebrations cracking because it can't be that you just don't celebrate these things. If you yeah. can't identify the win, go around people who can identify wins and let them teach Period. you how to identify those wins because we're not just going to sit and act like because we've met the standard, which to your point, when it, when was it ever established? But because we're here now. And so now we feel average and it's not, and that's not the case, baby. We are no, average. No. And I put in my book because, you know, I grew up, I've been working since I was 14. Mm-hmm. So I had to work um, from and commute. You know, when I went to high school, I had to take two buses and a train to just to get to school by 745. And then I worked until 10 p.m. going back two buses and a train. I would do that every day. Wow. And then I worked when I was at college. I, I've been working nonstop since I was 14. So in my brain, it's like, you that's just the element of what I was told to do. You go to work, you get a good education. And then in my brain, I'm like, all right, I get the, I got the master's. I'm an executive. There's got to be more to life than just work and get a good education. Mm-hmm. And there's this element of when we talk about purpose and assess self-gratification that only you can live for. And that's why I really believe in even when the, within those wins that was happening, or even those failures that was happening, there was never a pause of of rest. You know, I, even today, like resting is very difficult for me because I'm like, I just got, I've always been told, you just got to kind of keep going, 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 be a worker horse. Yep. That no one really gives you a moment of what rest look like. And the rest is a win. Even when you give your mind a moment to think, to reflect, to give gratitude <laughs> and thanksgiving for small things like breathing and walking. You know, people take that for granted, but even in that moment of resting, it's difficult too. My brain is still going fast. So I have to literally remind myself, oh, it's 8045. I got to get ready for bed. I know I'm getting old. I got to get ready for bed to get myself calmed down so then I can get level playing field on what's happening around me. So that is, again, that's not something that was taught to me. It's like you just go to sleep, you got charm, get back up like you're a robot, right? And there's yeah. no moment of enjoyment. And wins are going on a vacation, being around people you love and enjoying the fruits of your labor. That was, again, nothing no one has taught me that I have to now put in place with my family. So it's like I'm I'm literally writing the paths of something that never was given to me, a role model to me. And so it's not comfortable. It feels very lonely at times, but it's also something that I know will pave the future for my legacy, right? And so that's one thing I would say when when people think of wins, they feel good, Mm -hmm. but wins can make you feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So learning to be comfortable with being uncomfortable it's always also the state of when I think about my own personal wins and even the things I'm going through now is that state of comfortability people don't quite talk about too. Um, And even to your point about your community and your network, like I intentionally have calls (laughs) and I put words, like I'm a word person, affirmations is my thing. I meet with 
people like myself and we call it a billion dollar mindset meetings because we're going to come and our agenda is to celebrate each other. It's so odd and awkward, but now I look forward to the call like, girl, what happened to you today? And we <laughs> celebrating each other wins and we helping each other out and we we're creating this narrative that it's okay. And we're calling ourselves, like for me, it was because of those conversations I had with some of my friends. She was like, oh, so when you're doing your lunch party, I'm like, oh, I'm not, no. So we're gonna set up a date, right? And I'm like, wait, no, I don't wanna do a live. Well, okay, let's, what date of that live is happening? Okay, <laughs> that February 23rd, that's your birthday? Okay, we're gonna do it and I'm gonna make sure of it, right? And I'm like, oh, Jesus, I gotta do a live? Like I've literally, only done two this year because mm -hmm. I had accountability partners. Wow. For the first time. Yep. Like, literally. <laughs> it works, but I'm telling you all, like, wins are not just for yourself. Wins is based off the community you keep, and wins are based off the accountability you have in your community. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly where I'm at today because I don't have role models. I had to create it. And also, I'm willing to be open to being uncomfortable in that journey. And then I'm able to also be actionable with it too. So that's one key thing that I would say is stretching you beyond just the core mindset shift, but also being able to allow yourself to enter to a zone that you necessarily haven't been in terms of your support model. So again, I, I, I don't know how I got on that. No, that's, though, the, the, those are the words. <laughs> Create what you need yeah. to be successful and be comfortable being uncomfortable because there is no growth in the comfort zone. Like, that's it. None. I said that somebody once told me, if you aim for mediocrity, you'll hit. Yep, every time. Every time. Mm -hmm. And so what I ask myself and I ask my clients, what are you aiming for? Because you might hit. So can you stretch yourself? And why are you not willing to stretch yourself? Is it because of the fear of failure or the fear of not hitting? Because we already said you're going to hit mediocrity. So if you go beyond that, you're hitting things that you didn't even know you would be able to do. Hey. Could you imagine? So it's just those things yeah. that I, um, I tend to do on a daily basis. So I think we should do... Uh, celebrate the win right now. Okay. <laughs> so if there is there something, I know you just recently launched a book. Yeah. We are definitely celebrating that one, but I want you to think of a different one. I'm going to think of one too. Okay. Is there a win that we can celebrate right now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I've, I, I have a few. One in particular that I haven't um, talked a lot about, but I'm very proud of is that I recorded my own audiobook for my book too. Yes. Yes. And I people may hear me and be like, oh wow, she sounds good. She sounds crisp. Mm -hmm. She's confident. But I did have a fear of communication. Like I did not want to communicate. Public speaking was not my thing. Quite honestly, I just I just literally would never do it. Wow. And it it, it kind of stemmed back from some trauma from college when a professor of mine just didn't not like the way I spoke because of that Southern twang. He, I couldn't <laughs> couldn't let it loose and he couldn't understand. I couldn't really be able to talk right in some degree. And so that really put a damper on how I looked at myself in terms of how I was, how I heard myself, how I listened to myself and even just how I spoke. And so um, recording that audio book was kind of that 
that leap of faith as, as I coach my clients and how to overcome their fears and building that confidence. That was one win for me that regardless if the world doesn't listen to it, it was not for anyone else, but it was mainly for me to show myself that you can conquer the things that internally that can become externally focused. And now that I have record mm -hmm. <laughs> that I can listen to myself, I read my books out loud. And so that was a huge win for me that I don't think I've ever shared publicly, but that was something that will forever be on the top of my list. Yes, congratulations. And I'm on your podcast. Or, hey, so it's like, so happening. And we're talking. And this is small things, right? <laughs> I was just thinking, and I'm, when you said that, it's so funny because I just saw Kenyatta in person about a month ago at this point. And she was right. doing a speaking engagement. So like I had no idea that there was even this communication barrier because we met at a speaking conference. I saw you at a speaking event, like in your speaking engagement. And now we're doing the podcast and you were so open to doing it. So I just never knew that that was even a thing. So yes, first of all, congratulations for the wins of all of that, but also to you embracing like that fear and getting over it. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. I'm looking at you like, are you are you for real? Are you for real? Exactly. <laughs> I Long love this time so coming much. for sure. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And if the Southern Twang, you know, sneaks out on the podcast, we it's all right, girl. We we gonna embrace it all. Wild hundreds rolling, and for, for those who are in Chicago, that's outside of Chicago. <laughs> yes. Sometimes it creep in, and I'm like, look, it is what it is. <laughs> but it is it. what it's gonna be. Okay. <laughs> They know I'm I'm uh half West Coast, half Midwest. So my my accents are all over the place. So we, we embrace all of those accents on here. Look, okay. Look, hey, it's like take me or leave me at this point. I'm like, right. no, I'm, I'm talking the way it works for me. That's it. Period. Precisely. And the money's still gonna come. Exactly. <laughs> it is flowing in. Flowing yes, in. yeah. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I would say actually, mine is like, is money related? Um, I had a, I had a win. It was a big win, um, a big personal win for myself. And I didn't get to celebrate it properly. I didn't really tell anyone actually. So I'm going to tell you all. Yes. Come on. Um, come on. I recently, excited. yes, I recently got a raise at work and it was above average raise one. This was my first year at the company. So it was just great to like have that recognition and see that the hard work paid off, especially with it being my first year at the job and then virtually onboarding. And I mean, I'm at a huge company, like thousands and thousands of employees. And I've only met, I think at this point, like four people in person. So this was like no small feat. So to have all that recognized was a huge deal. But then the other side of it was for me, and this is like where the personal, the more, even more personal, because I feel like that's a corporate accomplishment. But the personal side of it is last year, I relaunched my coaching business and I launched product and I did, I was balancing a lot of things. Even this multitasker brand is, came into fruition last year. And the multitasker brand is for people who are balancing full-time work and also starting or balancing entrepreneurial endeavors. And so to have all that come full circle and mm. be recognized in the way that I was recognized at work and have a successful business year last year, I was mm. like, wow, this is like one of those receipt things where I was like, wow, I really am qualified to tell people what to do what I'm telling them to do. 
<laughs> so it's like you you kind of like you move through it, but it's like, okay, am I an imposter in this? But it's like, no, like I'm telling y'all, I'm I'm doing the same thing and it's working. So mm-hmm. just Can to I have that validation. Too, when you yes, finish? yes. No, I can't believe we said that because um I have a coach and as I was telling her in another podcast that I was on about like some things I was doing with trying to um, consolidate my coaching services. And I was like, hey, I recently just did some salary negotiation for a client and I helped her negotiate seven figures. Mm -hmm. And she's like, so where is that on Facebook? And I was like, wait, it's not, it's not there. So that's, that's a win. I was like, a win. You know, in my brain, I'm like, that's just what I do. Like I help people get five to seven figure increases. And that's just, I know it's the magic behind it. But she's like, no, that's a win. No one does that. No, <laughs> what you're doing. Literally no one. No, <laughs> so just like, no, you just can't just you wait, you can't move that fast. You need that's the receipt. And I was like, that's a receipt. Yes. <laughs> it was like, even in that moment, it was like, okay, all right, let me do this. Because at the end of the day, Sometimes other people, you may not necessarily know it's a win. Then you tell someone else, they're like, no, that's a win. And then you almost, to your point, you almost don't celebrate or you suffer in celebration and silence. Like, no, I'm not going to celebrate that because that's what I did for a client. But no, that's still a win that you were able to accomplish and helping someone else do. Yeah. So I just want to put that out there. It's like I, last year long, because I was like, let me go add it all up. Like I literally have like uh, my clients in all one point seven five million dollars. Wow, like that's huge. <laughs> it's a huge deal. <laughs> my gosh, I know. I just, in my brain, I'm like, uh, I did I do that? No, let me okay. let me add it up again. <laughs> so we need to like preface this. Like this episode is for the people who do big things and don't think they're a big deal. Like what the heck? Because that's a lot. <laughs> this is for this is for this is like AA for people who do big things and don't think they're a big deal. When I went to the luncheon that you spoke at, mm-hmm. my friends were texting me and they were like, I'm so proud of you. And I was like, because I'm going to lunch. And they were like, no. <laughs> like, what do you mean? They're like, because your VP picked you of all the people to attend this event and it's an exclusive event. And, it's and I was just like, oh. That is pretty dope, right? It is. <laughs> it's just like, but, but but let me tell it. I was just like, oh, I'm just going to lunch. Like, <laughs> I made it sound like I was going to kick it. No, I was not going to kick it. Like, of the whole not... thousands of employees they okay. had to choose from, they chose you. Exactly. So, sharing your wins not mm-hmm. only allows you to be celebrated in the way that you deserve to be celebrated, Mm -hmm. but it gives you perspective as well. Because I think we work so hard um, and just we have our eyes set on the goal and the targets and the milestones. And when we reach them, we're like, okay, next one. And we don't see the big picture of like, we're doing huge things, like great things that need to be celebrated. Yes. And I am def- definitely that person. I I wake up every day for 4.30 in the morning. I work for my business four to seven, mm-hmm. take the kids to work, go take the kids to school and I do my nine to five. I work a little bit more and then I go to sleep and do it all over again. And and as I write down the things I want to get accomplished, I'm checking things off. I'm just checking, 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 checking. Yep. 
And then um, you have this moment of like, I, I haven't did enough. You know, it's not enough. And you're so right. And I, I would say the pace is not sustainable for those out there. So learn, like, hear from me. Like the pace of just wanting to check the box and not having the moment to stop and celebrate. So in my book, I put in, I have a whole chapter around making smart, setting smart goals. For those who don't know what smart means, it's being specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and time bound. So when you have smart goals, you always, at every moment, at every pace, you have a point of celebration. So I have to have, I have to put that in for myself, even if it's just putting it on my calendar you get to have a treat like, oh, I want some Snickers or a Reese's cup. Like whatever is your thing. Like for me, it's usually a sabbatical where I just put myself in a hotel by myself. That's a celebration or go to the spa. Like you have to have a moment and your milestones and your journey and anything that you accomplish. So then you don't miss that moment because you'll never get it back. So that's kind of my way of like how I can slow down. So I don't forget because there's always more that can be done. I love that. I love that so much. I want to make things harder. Yes, I <laughs> love it. <laughs> I mean, because we talk about celebrating the wins. It's already hard enough, honestly. Yeah, like we could we could just cut it there. But Kenyatta also mentioned to me um her idea around embracing failures, which yeah. first we have to admit that we fail. So that's I already know if we can hardly celebrate the wins admitting that we have failed is just like the next level of like, what, what are we doing? But I do want to, <laughs> I do want to talk about it because it, I mean, that's a part of it. And sometimes the failures are wins, guys, mm -hmm. it's failures in our minds. So yeah. tell us, tell us about that. Yeah. You said the last thing, mine, it's a mindset thing, right? Like I am not, I'm never going to say that I didn't have failures. I think I have gotten to the point where I'm at in my life that I look at failures as opportunities. Um, and every setback doesn't mean that it doesn't have a reason for it, for your setup and your come up, right? Um, but for me, when I think about failures, it's all about mindset, right? So for example, writing my book, I decided to write a book in the, in the midst of the pandemic. And one can say it's like, Girl, that was very ambitious. That that was a lot, right? It was. And I had a lot of failures. Like I couldn't, I had writer's block. I necessarily, you know, had the imposter syndrome come into play. Like, who's going to read my book? I can't even really write well, you know? So all of those kind of key things kind of settled in and I procrastinated. That's a form of failure, right? When you had a goal that you set and you wanted to be done by a certain time. So like I didn't make that milestone. I didn't make those goals that I set for myself. But at the end of the day, in that setback, in that quote unquote failure, I had to make an individual choice, which is to allow myself to stop or start where I stopped. So it was just that simple. It was like, yes or no, maybe so. Right. So I had to make a decision on whether if I want to allow that failure to really not allow me to move forward. And so that's really that mindset shift that you only yourself can control. And that's why I see failures in anything 
moving forward. It's like, okay, that's an opportunity for me to reassess. So during that time, I had to put a little bit more loving arms around myself, had to fuel myself with more affirmation, had to read the Bible, go to listen to more sermons, like what was going on with me that allowed my mental capacity to put a pause on it. And it was really me. So I had to really work on myself and that mindset shift. And so now when I think about a failure, it usually thinks about it equates to fear. And I have allowed myself to not like, I didn't want to fail and run, but I learned that fear is around facing everything and rise. And that's no different than how you look at fear. So it's definitely a mindset um, shift. Yeah. You, when you were talking about the failure, there's this one, I mean, I failed a lot. <laughs> but there's like this one thing um, that sticks out because you talked about reassessing where you are and doing what you need to do in order to like turn that thing around. Yeah. And one of the things, I don't think I've shared this like super publicly either, but I was, I was in grad school and I was working, I was doing a lot. I was working, I was working two jobs. I had a full-time job, part-time job. And then I also had started a model management company. So I'm managing these models. Um, I was living in Los Angeles at the time. Managing these models. I had this program. I was balancing so many different things. And it worked. Like when I first started, I was like building things up. The classes weren't as hard. Like it worked really well. And then I got to the semester before my last semester for graduation. And they were like, okay, you know, like you, the grades are starting to slip. You're going to push mm. on probation. And so they did. And while on probation, I think I either dropped a class or I failed a class, but either way, they were like, we got to kick you out. And so um, I was like, are you kidding me? Like I had one more semester to go. I was right at the finish line and they were like, we can't, you can appeal it and um, you can appeal. Cause then I would, I lost my financial aid as well. So you can appeal the decision. You can appeal your financial aid. Nothing is guaranteed, but here are your options. So I appealed it. Um, and I appealed the financial aid. I was able to get back into school. I was able to get my financial aid back, celebrating the wins. But in the midst of that failure, I was like, okay, what I'm doing isn't working. Mm -hmm. So I also had to reassess like, what was more important? Was it me not finishing this grad program one semester before I was done? Or was it all the other things that I was doing? And I decided that it was the grad program because that was gonna be what was going to unlock other doors for me, essentially. Mm. So I quit my job at the airline um, and I shut down my model management company. So I focused on one job to pay the bills and I focused on school. And, you know, my models knew what was going on when I shut things down. And it was kind of like a pause. Like, I don't know, we'll, we maybe come back to this. And then the airline, obviously, they knew because I, I left. Um, and all of those things I love so much. But not more than being able to see myself succeed in this other thing. And so it was a really tough decision. Mm -hmm. And I think in the midst of failures, that's a part of it too. In that reassessing, sometimes mm -hmm. you have to make some tough decisions, but you really have to weigh out what is going to be more important in the long run. When you look up five, 10 years from now, what's going to be the most important thing? No, I can't agree more with you. I can remember uh it was years and years ago i don't usually share this story out loud but i'm gonna I'm go for it because it's important for people to understand there's different moments of what fear you can look like so i remember when i was um traveling to new york for work and at that time i was a couple weeks pregnant which i knew 
and I was experiencing um, irregular bleeding. And in my mind, I'm like, I've already had a kid. I know this is normal. I'm going to just wait. I'm going to work 14 hours weeks and I'm going to go back to the hotel, work another 14 hours and I'm going to be okay. And um, the very next day, my husband came into town and I was like, mm, things are not going so well. We need to go to the emergency room. And even in that midst of me going to the emergency room, I only thing I was concerned about is what's going on with work. I did not submit that one last email for this one last work assignment. And before I knew it, doctors came in, they rushed in and they was like, ma'am, you are about to die. Oh my goodness. You literally have, um, we have 30 minutes to rush you back to get, do emergency surgery. The baby is no more. These are the words they're using. Mm -hmm. And you're about to lose your life, literally. What? And so um, did the surgery. I'm still alive today. Yes. But the very next day, after going through this very traumatic experience, without even knowing, got out of the bed, got into a seat. And do you know what I did? You went back to work. I logged into a video conference meeting. Girl. Do you hear me? Literally just almost, I lost my child, almost mm -hmm. lost my life. And the first thing I did was got up and went to work. And I knew in that moment, I, I hate to say, you know, call yourself a failure, but there was a moment of failure somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I had to get some help. Like, I mean, number one, my husband, like, what, what are you doing in my brain? I was on autopilot. And so even in the midst of living life, I was in living life with purpose, with the time that I had. And so from that experience of failure in so many ways, it was a shake, it was a shake up and a shake up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like it was literally God in his own right saying that if you, I gave you one more chance to live life with a sense of purpose and you're not doing it. And so from that moment going forward, one, I got a therapist, I got some help because yeah. it was a moment of truth that I couldn't do it by myself. And then a second, I had to take some time with understanding how do I get to a point where I don't get back to that point, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes failure isn't necessarily a setback. <clears throat> failure can be seen as a point of a reset, of a refresh, rejuvenating who you are, and then also just getting back to the center of the core of your why. So I just wanted to give that other spin of um, my face with failure and now how I look at it in a different light than just looking at it as a negative, but in a net positive, that if that didn't happen in my life, you wouldn't be listening to me in this podcast. You wouldn't be reading this book that you're going to purchase. So it just really is something that you need to embrace um, and listen to. So then you don't necessarily have to be going through a life-changing event like myself, but at the end of the day, it was definitely a blessing in disguise. Yeah, I agree. Oh my gosh, that's that's so scary. I wanna, you, you talked about living for purpose and following your why, finding your why. Mm -hmm. I wanna ask, how do you personally identify, or even like when you're talking to other people, how do you help those people identify their purpose is or what their why is like how do you guide people in that yeah so number one i'm a spiritual person mm -hmm. i don't put my spirit on anyone else but i do believe in internal assessments so just asking yourself like without no filter no judgment like 
what do I love to do if mm -hmm. money was not the issue? Right? What am I passionate about? If I had to get out of the bed and do anything in the world, what would that be? Like without a shadow of a doubt, like that would be my, my go-to person. That would be my go-through thing. When you understand that and even asking people who are close enough to you, how would you describe me with two words? And then what you would see answering those internal assessment questions, you would have a theme. One, it would show either you, like for me, I did the same thing. People say you're very helpful. You're very warm. You're very, you know, people love your personality. You are, you know, um, people in, tend to spill their beans to you. Like they're very open and they want to be transparent. And so it feels like you're a coach, a therapist, and all of a sudden a psychologist, but also a teacher at the same time. So those are the things that I enjoy doing. That fuels up my cup. I'm an introvert. But the only way that I get my cup filled up is by you getting that aha moment, mm -hmm. by you saying, Kenyatta, you helps me. So that helps me knowing that I lived out my purpose. The way I answered that question looks different for you, right? So those are the main questions I start out with my clients because even though I'm an HR executive and yes, I can help you build and your increase five, you know, three times extra salary. But if you don't have the confidence and if you don't love yourself and if you don't love the things you do, I can't get you to have those conversations in a confident way, right? So those are the kind of key elements that I start out with my clients and asking those key questions and then understanding what skills you need, what values you have, because that aligns to your purpose. And obviously I said I'm a spiritual person, but what did God say? Did you pray on it? Did you fast on it? Mm -hmm. Did you meditate on it? You know, though I'm really centered on that. So it's like, if God doesn't bless it, then I don't need to do it. Right. So I'm really in tune with that, with discernment. So sometimes we feel it as women, we call it that intuition. So everyone has that. Right. So being able to stay in tune with it, because we only got one life. Like for me, I wake up hungry. Like I want to live my life and I want to live it empty. I want to die empty. So I do everything in a purposeful way. And so that's how I, I teach and coach my clients to do the same. So then you don't have to compromise or sacrifice. I do. I live my purpose at work with my kids, with my, with my husband at church. Like everything is just the, the aligned to my purpose. And I don't do, I don't decipher from that. It has to be narrow focused. So that's kind of the way I coach my clients and getting to understand their purpose. I love that. And I think even just once you get through to that idea, like get those ideas through, like once you feel like you are moving in your purpose mm -hmm. and you have an idea of what it is, being okay with embracing it because it will be different. Like you are, you are going to be different mm -hmm. from people, from other people. And it's so important to be authentic and show up authentically in all spaces. And that's a part of it. So I think once you've identified what the purpose is, then you have to work on being comfortable and being confident. And I believe that celebrating the wins and embracing that failure, like everything we've talked about yes. plays a role in that. So there is that. And actually, it's funny that you mentioned the asking questions asking people like how they would describe you. I, I've done that too for like branding purposes. And I mm -hmm. do it often. Like I don't, it wasn't just like a one-off thing. Like I'll check in. And that for me is like alignment 
and this is like the marketing side, the marketing side of my brain, right. but alignment for my brand, because sometimes you put things out and they're not received the way that you intend them to be received. And yes. so I like to check in, like, how would you describe me? How would you describe my content? Because I could feel like I'm the nicest person in the world. And then I get the feedback like, well, you know, you're a little sarcastic and sometimes it hurts my feelings. <laughs> it's like, okay, so let me turn that down a little bit because that's not that's what not I want. want. That's not what I want. It's not what I thought was happening. So, right. Yes, you know. I can agree with you more. Like people, my husband probably say this a little bit more than others who are less close to me, but he's like, you are pretty intense. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, I, I don't I don't want to think that. He's like, no, you are. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I don't want people to think I'm intense. <laughs> I feel like I'm very, you know, open and warm. He's like, well, that's after you warm up. But from yeah. the beginning, it's like intense. So I was like, <laughs> okay, that's not what I want. So let me, let me, let me calm it a little down. But I do believe to your point, what you mentioned is that there's a journey there. You keep it open to be an IJAL. So it's not like, oh, once I say like, for example, with your branding, once I come up with the content and the words, it sticks. I don't, I don't care what anyone else says. That's not the gist, right? So it's the same thing with your journey of your purpose. It doesn't mean that it can't evolve. That doesn't mean you can't check in to see if you're on the right path or not. Like your purpose is meant to be a path, a journey, a map on going to your destination. Mm -hmm. So you have stops along the way, but at the end of the day, your destination is like, at the end of your world of life, right? So you're never not have a moment of rest of thinking like, this is it. Right. You're going to constantly evolve and being open to that transformation is just part of the life, right? We lived. It's the same thing, how you building your brand. So that's one thing that I wanted to just add to your point is being okay with the evolving of the journey and being okay to know that um, you'll never have it right. Like it's never something that's going to be perfected over time. You just have to be willing to be free and nimble and saying, yes, like I wake up every day. I'm like, okay, Lord, what I'm supposed to do. And he's like, I want you to do that. I'm like, yes. Okay. I'll change my words. So like, even for example, my, in the beginning, my brand was, I want to help other people unveil their purpose. And people are like, are you just going to take the curtain back <laughs> and then be like, voila, right. your purpose. <laughs> but I was like, huh? Like, I, I know there was moments like behind it was like, no, that's not really what I meant. But I had to realize like, well, I got to be more explicit with what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, I help women in leadership build their career confidence and coins. Yep. Even though behind the scenes, they're going to get all that purpose coaching that I know I'm going to provide, but it's clarity with the words, mm -hmm. right? So even that alone, that does not compromise my purpose. It just makes it clear for others to understand. Yep. So that's why I wanted to just add a little bit more to that point you made. Yes, I love it. And actually, I'm going to share my memory, yes. <laughs> which is just a picture. So I have to post okay. a picture on our page. But it's okay. a, you might remember the picture. It's a picture of like all these students and they're all just kind of standing around like arms down. And then there's one student and he's got like one arm on his head and like one arm on his hip. And he's like posed to the T. And there's like a note next to him that says work. And he is standing out because he is the only one doing that thing. Like everyone else is just kind of like, oh, there's a picture happening. Like not really, <laughs> but he was not missing the moment. And I, I think that just like brings all of that full circle that we've talked about. Like be yourself, be willing to stand out, understand that you will not have it all figured out. There will no. be wins, there will be failures, but you can learn from all of it. Mm -hmm. And 
embrace it all because it all is adding to who you are and your perspective and what you'll be able to put out into the world. And so it's important. It's very important. Um, Kiana, I do want to talk a little bit more about your book. You talked about it in the beginning, but I want to know about who is the book for? How can it be used? Where can we find it? Give us all the details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll start from the bottom up. So you can find my book on Amazon. Um, I have the audio book, like I mentioned. So I'd love for you to hear my voice narrate it. (laughs) And um, I have the ebook that's out there, the paperback and hardback. So all of the options are available. And then also you can go to my website, um, www.pencilskirtproject.com. And then you will see the book tab and so you can purchase directly from me and you might get the sick you might get my autograph um depending hey. on how lucky you are um and then in terms of who the book is for so all of the great things that we've been talking about already today is if you are in a moment of no, wanting to understand how to navigate the workforce and understanding how to live out your purpose this book is for you when you are trying to understand how to figure out to how to build your confidence. There is a chapter on there and there's questions on how to do that. And there is a actual framework in how to build your confidence in a very tactical way. If you're looking to overcome your fears, sometimes people like myself on communication, I had to go through a journey to overcome that. Everyone has their own internal fears that no one sees. And that there is a chapter in there how to do that today to overcome it already got feedback from people like i use your method your three steps and it worked (laughs) so it's working it's transforming people's lives and then also when you talked about brianna is around being able to give yourself grace i have a whole chapter on how to give yourself grace amidst um facing failure any or adversity it's important for us all to be able to understand how to do that, regardless if we are in the workforce or as an entrepreneur, we have to give ourselves grace amidst those failures. And then lastly, it's definitely um, a place of reflection. I ask those hard questions (laughs) where it's important to do that internal assessment because at the end of the day, the choice is yours and how you live your life, period. Period. No one else's. So I give you the tools you need. I give you space to reflect and I give you space to act. So regardless of you, if you're a woman, yes, it says light it up, sis. So I am targeting my women <laughs> and my girls out there. But men have read my book, too, and they're being transformed. So just want to put that out there. That is definitely for those who are in that midst of wanting to live their life of purpose. Yes, I love it. Light it up, sis, is in stores now, y'all. Buy it, buy it, buy it. Amazon.com, pencilskirtproject.com. Yes. Kenyatta, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can we find you online? Uh, So I am on Instagram. You can find me personally, young Kenyatta, young.kenyatta. And then also if you wanted to follow me for my business, Pencil Skirt Project um, on Instagram, Twitter, and um, Facebook. Awesome. You heard it here, guys. Go make sure you're following Kenyatta on Instagram, Facebook, the website. Make sure you're following the Multitasker podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Instagram. This has been another episode that we are bringing you. We're so excited, but that's the end, y'all. So we'll see you in two weeks. But if you haven't caught up on the other episodes, make sure you go back and listen to those too. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.